number three of the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on on this uh, beautiful Wednesday. Beautiful weather. Good stuff. Uh, hopefully it just continues to get better uh, come next week. Um, I guess tomorrow is supposed to be craptastic. Friday, not much better. Uh, the rain ends on Friday night into Saturday morning. And then after that, it finally starts to uh, clear out. If your grass is not up to your knees by now, I'm, pr- I'm sure it's probably getting close. Uh, some point this week, I maybe get out and get my yard mowed before it's too late. Holy mackerel. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of large farm animals growing in my yard because I'm not going to be able to see past uh, past my hips. Uh, nevertheless, uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Skipper Buds, which also next week is supposed to be in the 70s and 80s, or at least creeping up on the 80s, depending on where you're at in the state of Wisconsin. Think about the summer. Think about getting out on the water, thinking about uh, the sunshine, getting a tan, feeling good, relaxing, maybe taking a little cruise, little evening cruise, that type of thing. Yeah, good stuff. Go to Skipper Buds. They have a huge selection in stock as boats continue to roll in, both new and used, continue to roll in. And uh, you can see for yourself everything that they have to offer. Call our buddy Todd over there at the location in Pewaukee, 262-544-1200. They continue to get a big selection in as well, and their service department is awesome. 262-544-1200. That's 262-544-1200. Get a hold of Todd. He's our good guy over there at Skipper Buds, or go to skipperbuds.com to see everything that they have to offer. So I was mentioning Derek Johnson. Now, now think about this for a minute. Um, And I want to go to the screams last year to fire the hitting coach for the Brewers, okay? Fire the hitting coach. And then this year they started off slow, and there were calls again. Here we go. You know, they hired two coaches to do the job of one man. Those two guys, they can't get it done. You got to fire the coaches. Uh, and I, I, I'm a big proponent of sometimes you got to blame the player, you know? You got to take a look at what the player is doing and how they're going about their business and, and what's ailing them, so to speak. But I look at Derek Johnson and Lee Tunnel, who had so much success pitching-wise in Milwaukee, starting rotation and bullpen. And when they left, there was, um, I don't want to say concern, but I, but for lack of a better adjective, let's call it concern. But the players loved him. So I thought, boy, you know, these guys got to be doing something right for the players to say speak so highly of them. Uh, character-wise, and and I know that there weren't always really good agreements when it came to pitching and the use of pitchers and such between Derek Johnson and Craig Council and David Stearns. And Derek Johnson let a few things leak out once he got into Cincinnati on his way out the door. And you kind of went, ah, you know, there's, a, there's, there's something in place in Milwaukee that David Stearns has that then matriculates down to the manager that then is matriculated out to the rest of the coaches and the way they go about their business, okay? Derek Johnson, Lee Tunnel, not right now in Cincinnati. They're awful. Now, granted, they've let go of the likes of guys like Sonny Gray and such, okay? They just let them go, you know? And they weren't going to pay them, so off they go. And so some really talented pitchers have left. But the development within the organization has not been any anywhere near what they had hoped. Now I fast forward and kind of take a, a, a different approach to the Milwaukee Brewers. Hopefully you're staying with me on this. 
Do you look at the Brewers' offensive problems now the way maybe Reds fans are looking at the problems in Cincinnati? Maybe the system, and I don't know. I couldn't honestly tell you what the philosophy is or the system is in Milwaukee, but when things begin to go wrong offensively and they stay stagnant, can you really blame the hitting coach anymore? They've gone through numerous hitting coaches. Can you really blame the hitting coach anymore if things aren't right? Could you maybe look at it and say, while the system, the institution itself, is so good when it comes to pitching, which, you know, pitching is everything in Major League Baseball for the most part, and that's what you want. So you're so glad that that part of the system is working right now. They're developing guys within their own system. They're being able to find the, the, the guys on the outskirts that they can trade for and bring into their system and then develop pitchers and start to churn them out. Things are really good. Offensively speaking, it hasn't been as good. The consistency going over a couple of years now, it's not just one year. It's not just the beginning of this season. It's been a couple of years. Go all the way back to the pandemic-shortened year. It's, it's just it's been problematic. Can you look at this? and say that maybe it's the system. It doesn't matter the coach you bring in or the player you bring in. It's the system. And I have seen time and again um, fans, we'll say, that have said it doesn't matter who you bring in. It doesn't matter how hot they are. When they get to the Brewers, they're not going to hit. And I've, I've always found that strange because this is a hitter's ballpark in a hitter's division, in ballparks that are friendly especially right now against staffs that are friendly for the most part because there's not a good pitching staff really among the bottom three, Chicago, Cincinnati, or Pittsburgh. And yet, at times, the Brewers can look as if they struggle. Now, every team doesn't, so I'm not going to say that they should pound out 10 runs a game. That's not what I'm saying. But do you then look at this and say, the pitching has remained consistent, doesn't matter who you're putting out there. Derek Johnson, Lee Tunnel, anybody else for that matter. The hitting, though, has remained consistent on the negative side. And Christian Yelich hasn't been the same going back to 2019. So, and you've changed coaches. So is it the player or is it the system? Things, The way in which you work the system, the way in which you set up, say, things like looking at pitches, your video system, um, maybe the cuts that you play the way you put at-bats together, you know, whatever the system is, do you look at the system or do you look at the player? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. So it could be the system. Uh, Taylor says, but back when uh, Fielder and Braun and Hardy and Hart and Weeks and everybody was here, everybody complained that the pitching was terrible and you can't make everybody happy. Uh, Brett says, bring in George Brett. They need to protect the plate with two strikes. I get it. 877-867-1670. Cheddarball says it's on the players at this point. The hitters just aren't what we thought they were. That it's just such an interesting thought. I'm not saying it's there's a right or wrong here, okay? Because this is one of these arguments that you and I could go through till we're blue in the face, and I could argue both sides. But it's just it, it's it's perspective is all it is. I'm just throwing down some perspective because 
the pitching has remained the same. It's been good regardless of who they've thrown in there. But the hitting culturally over the last three seasons has not been stellar. Now, hopefully, during this stretch of, we'll just say, you know, craptastic teams that the Brewers are facing, uh, the Reds again coming up tonight, 640, is uh, first pitch down at uh, down at American Family Field. So hopefully this this stretch as they face, they got uh, Cincinnati for two more, then three in Atlanta. Hopefully they remain hitting the baseball steady, four runs or more per game against Atlanta. Then they have Cincinnati again before they then uh, travel to Miami. But hopefully this stretch against bad teams like Washington, like Chicago, as you go on, this all remains where the Brewers continue to hit. And maybe this series or maybe the Pittsburgh series kind of got them off the schneid. And the weather begins to get warmer. Maybe the roof is open. It feels more like daytime baseball. Things begin to head in a positive direction, right? If it doesn't, and they only hit and plate runs and pitch extremely well against these bad teams, is it the system? Is it the system? Phil says the Brewers work the count. They are not a swing-at-the-first-pitch fastball type of team with grip and a rip it. They have a lineup that is making pitchers work. Well, Maley, uh, going back to last night, Phil, Maley does this to everybody. If you look at his, his starts, he's only had like uh, 20-something innings in five starts, and... <laughs> That's it. I mean, he's he's he, he's throwing almost, you know, 100 pitches to 90 pitches a start. He just doesn't he just he just doesn't he doesn't throw strikes. Not consistently. And his his split finger or that uh, that sinking fastball that he throws ends up in the dirt 99 times out of 100. He's all over the place. He was bouncing balls up there last night that were hitting prior to the plate. And that's what he's done consistently all season long. And again, I'm just throwing some perspective out there. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong. I'm just saying it's a little interesting to me that when Derek Tunnel or when Derek Johnson and Lee Tunnel both left, the pitching staff was going to fall apart. And they've remained the same. If not, they've gotten stronger. While hitting, they've changed hitting coaches. And they've kind of remained the same. You just wonder if it's culturally inside the organization for whatever the philosophy it is that they do, the way they work, the way coaches come in and work within the confines of what the Brewers set up, of what David Stearns and Craig Council set up, if maybe that is somewhat erroneous. That's all. So just some thought. Just some thought. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear inside the Bucks locker room from last night's contest. Uh, as the Bucks take it on the chin, Bucks in Game Three coming up on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, really two thirty uh, Central Time down at the Fiserv Forum. So uh, get ready to get into the uh, Deer District early on in that one, and then hang around as the Admirals play some playoff hockey coming up on Friday and Saturday uh, in the evening. So a lot of good stuff going on in downtown Milwaukee. Racing, by the way, is back all throughout the state of Wisconsin. So look for it, whether it's lacrosse, whether it's slinger, whatever the speedway is in your area. Rockford in northern Illinois. I know some people head down there. A lot of good racing going on uh, throughout the area as well. So get out and enjoy it coming up this weekend, uh, Mother's Day weekend, as we prepare for Mother's Day coming up on Sunday as well. Derby Day is on Saturday. There's a lot happening. We'll get back into this coming back. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. What kind of an RV, motorhome, travel trailer, tow behind, whatever it happens to be you're looking for, they've got it. They've got all the different brands, all the different makes, models. Their dealerships 
I say ships as in plural, continue to grow throughout the state of Wisconsin. They're becoming the biggest and the baddest. The best. Okay? Sometimes when you're the biggest, you're not necessarily the best. They're becoming the best. Their service departments are awesome. They get you taken care of. You can get the phone number of the service manager. They can try to help you out even if you're out on the road, point you in the right direction. Get a hold of my buddy Scott, uh, Scott Remmer, down at the uh, dealership down there in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Scott's a good guy. Big inventory. And the best part about it is whether it's new or used or if you want to get a trade-in or maybe a consignment, they can help you out in so many different ways. They make it extremely easy to get yourself either into or rent, rent, try it before you buy it, uh, your next motorhome, travel trailer, fifth wheel, whatever it is to be, check them out. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. Again, that's CunisRV.com. We're going to hear from inside the, the Bucks locker room last night, Coach Budenholzer, some Giannis, Pat Connaughton, Drew Holiday. We're going to hear from them all. That's coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisconsin, uh, we are not snobby. We are not snooty. We are Midwest. We've got a charm to us. We know that. And we got a new sponsor on board, our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. They're in Peshtigo. Forgotten Fire Winery in Peshtigo. And they're good people up there. Um, they uh, they, they kind of do it right. Uh, they've been fans of the show. They listen to the show. And if you want to find them, uh, or maybe schedule a, a tour, you can do that. They've got a new wine launch coming up, as a matter of fact. The Mad Badger Cherry Fruit Wine is now available at the winery, as well as stores all across the state. They've got a wine and cheese pairing coming up this weekend with Joe's Cheese House. they got all kinds of stuff going on. You may not remember the fire, but you will remember the wine. That's what they say, and it is uh, what they call fun in a bottle without the attitude. Good stuff. Uh, you can find the full wine and cider lineup in their tasting room or in liquor stores and grocery stores all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders, for that matter. The winery, a great place to get away uh, for whether it's a tasting, they have live music, private events all year long. Anytime is a great time for Forgotten Fire Wines and Ciders, uh, Wisconsin wine made from Wisconsin people. But if you want to find out all the information about this place, uh, go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com and see for yourself. They're good people over there. Good people. Uh, 877-867-1670. Before we get into the stuff regarding the box and hearing uh, out of the uh, out of the locker room from last night, uh, I want to get to the phones real quick. Uh, Mike's listening to us in West Dallas. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm doing good. How you doing, Bill? Doing great, man. What are you thinking? Good. So I got two points about the Brewers. One, I, I think it's more on the players than anything. I mean, if you look at guys like Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Telez, McCutcheon, Kane Taylor, look at their stats the last couple of years. I mean, these guys kind of are what they are. You know, 250 mm-hmm. hitters, Renfro has power, Delez has power, but they have weaknesses in their game, which is why the Brewers were able to trade for them. Not not give up a lot of assets for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I will blame the Brewers for is, is tell me, Bill, who is the last impact position player the Brewers developed through their farm system? Can you think of one? 
Well, the impact players, you go back to like Braun and Fielder and you bring that group of guys into it. Um, you, you look at those guys and say that was probably your biggest impact crop of players that you brought up through the system. You've had guys here or there, but as far as a total crop, no, you haven't had anything in a long time. So not since those guys. Right. And that, that is my point. Exactly. I mean, that was 10, 15 years ago. We, we thought Keston Hira was going to be the next Ryan Braun, the next guy who's going to hit 300 and be your three mm-hmm. here. And he just hasn't been that. It, you know, he came up like gangbusters, but for the last two years, you know, I don't know right. what happened to him. But I think, I think the bigger issue is just the lack of development of guys through the farm system. They've developed ace pitchers, but they, they've really missed on the position players. And that's why they are where they are in terms of their. Well, part uh, of that though, don't part of that though. Going back a couple of years when they were kind of going for it, they were trading away some of these guys too. Remember, so their farm system was depleted. You're just now starting to see a few guys like Tyrone Taylor start to come up and make a name for himself. Even though they drafted him, what back in God to what 2012? I think they drafted him. Sure. Sure. You know, yeah, so no, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's been depleted for a while, but some of their prospects, they ended up uh, trading away. When you talk about Kesson here, he was drafted in 2017, and I agree with you. I, they thought he was going to be the end-all, be-all. And he, when he came up against Atlanta that series and started hitting home runs, and people were like, whoa. Then the second half of the season that that guy had was amazing. But after that, it really hasn't been much of anything. And until he gets consistent at bats to see what you really have in him, he might just be a piecemeal player for right now unless somebody goes down with an injury and he really has an opportunity to bust out of this and say, look, I can be a big leaguer. Right. I, I mean, I, I think what's here, I think the talent is there. I mean, he was – he was like the best hitter in college baseball when the Brewers drafted him. The only reason mm-hmm. he went, you know, number eight was because he had an injury to his elbow. Uh, and that ended up not being an issue. But how do you bat 330 coming up and now you're like a 220 hitter? You know, I think right. the league figured him out. They figured out some weaknesses. And now it is on the Brewers hitting coach to figure out how do we get him back to what he was when he first came up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because the talent yep. is there with him. So. Yep. No, I I completely agree with you, man. Appreciate the call. Good stuff. He's right. I mean, now when you talk about position players, okay, the pitching staff, they brought up, they've been good. You look at Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, those guys, Devin Williams, uh, Brent Suter, Aaron Ashby. They made the trade for Josh Hader because Josh Hader originally came in with Baltimore, went over to Houston, and then they traded for him. Uh, years ago and brought Josh Hader in and brought him up through their system as well. But, you know, you look at those guys like Devin Williams and Brent Suter and Aaron Ashby, and I go back to the top and say Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, it, it's, it's been fantastic. They picked up Freddie Peralta, who was originally drafted uh, by Seattle, and they traded to get him into the system with Seattle. They brought him in then. So he didn't really – he wasn't drafted by the Brewers, but he was traded for and brought through the system by the Brewers to come up and be uh, be a pitcher for them. But the pitching staff has been, you know, ahead of the the rest. But don't forget, they did make some trades and make some deals that they ended up kind of going for it a few times and making deals and depleting that farm system. And finally, they just had to stymie it and say, well, we, we don't have anything left to trade. We got we to gotta start drafting and developing some of these guys again. And you're just now starting to see some of these guys begin to come up, but when you start to go back and you look, and you say, "Okay, let's let let's say let's look at the 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 Triple A team." Okay, when you start to look at the ranks, okay, where where some of these guys are, as far as the ranking system, um, 
you don't have anybody really in the top 10. Um, maybe the catcher, Alex Johnson, and they didn't even draft him. He's in the, in the minor league system uh, down in Nashville. They brought him in through, what was it, Seattle? I think he was – Seattle traded him to Miami or picked up picked, – uh, and then they got him from Miami. Um, but uh, Mar- Mario Feliciano, he was a draftee, and he's down the depth chart when it comes to the overall uh, – the rankings, if you will. Um, but they, they don't have a lot of guys right now in that, that ranking where you were like, whoa – Boy, they got some serious prospects here because a lot of those guys have kind of traded away over time. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670 if you want to give us a shout, do so. So uh, I wanted to get to this because uh, Buck's coming out of this last night. Coach Budenholzer, look, Giannis, Holiday, um, playing, you know, ISO uh, against their guys last night. Um, and trying to do their own thing instead of kind of passing the basketball and setting up a lot of the pick and rolls. Budenholzer said he didn't have a problem with Giannis and Holiday uh, getting in the ISOs last night. You know, those guys are going to make plays, have all the faith in the world of those two guys. Um, and, you know, they found some they found some opportunities. It was uh, – and they just got to find more of them. You know, collectively we got to be better, and um, we will be. So, uh, Coach Budenholzer last night, I don't, I don't believe there. Were, he, he says, "Look, there were a couple of plays that could have changed the game either way, but they just couldn't get it done." Take a listen. Credit to them; they they beat us, you know, pretty handily tonight. But there were there were a couple of plays in you know late third quarter and the fourth quarter. You know, felt like maybe we could have got it inside of ten and just find a way, um, but but we didn't. And uh, you know, so we'll look at the film and see how we can be better uh, going into Game Three. That I agree with. I don't necessarily agree that it could have changed the outcome of the game. It could have certainly made things more exciting. Philadelphia, um, Boston was just hitting shots. They were just hitting shots. There's when you don't play defensive on the perimeter staunchly, and a team is hot, it's it's hard to stop them. You can't trade twos for threes consistently. And Budenholzer said, "Look, <laughs> no two ways about it. They got to defend better." We got to defend, you know, Jalen Brown better. We got to defend Tatum better. Got to defend the three-point line better. Um, so what the playoffs are about, it's great. You know, game to game, the challenge, um, you know, to be better. So not to sound like a broken record, but this is something that's been said all season long. When they lose, they've lost because teams can outshoot them. They can hit threes uh, consistently. Sometimes the Bucks are just off, and you give you you know you kind of take that into consideration. But you know, as Budenholzer said just before, he said, "Look, the bottom line is defensively, they just got to be better." You know, I think staying connected to our shooters and you know Giannis and uh, and Drew playing some one on one, and you know we got to uh, you know just look at it, see how we can get better, maybe get some more threes, you know, just score more efficiently, but. Uh, you know, they played well. Credit to them defensively. They were good tonight. Now we got to come back and uh, do the same thing. Pat Connaughton last night came out right away and said, look, Boston, they responded like they needed to. And now the Bucks, after getting beat, they need to do the same thing. I mean, we didn't uh, respond to winning like we wanted to. They responded to losing very well. How do we respond to losing at home uh, on Saturday with the home crowd, with Pfizer, uh, in a place where we're comfortable, in a place where, you know, we get adrenaline from the fans. Everybody knew, and I think if you took that game one win and you ran away with it thinking that this was going to be easy, 
I think you were kind of fooling yourself. Pat Connaughton said everybody knew this was not going to be an easy series. Understand and be aware that you're not going to skate through the playoffs unscathed. How do you learn not just from losses, but from wins? And when we take that mentality and we make sure that we have each other's back, we stick together and understand that there's going to be adversity throughout the playoffs. It's not something we shouldn't expect. We actually expect it and we want to embrace it. This is one of the things I mentioned earlier, and Pat Connaughton made a note of this, that after the hot start, um, then it was it was somewhat of a back-and-forth even game. The Bucks still ended up getting beaten. They just couldn't close that gap. But uh, as Connaughton said, look, it was largely an even game after they got up 25. I thought after that it was a pretty good game. So uh, for us, it's just about making sure that we come out making sure we take a first punch, making sure we give a first punch, making sure that we're putting ourselves in a position to where we don't have to dig out of a hole because it's exhausting to get, dig out of a hole in the regular season, let alone in the playoffs, let alone when, you know, when they're fighting for their lives because they don't want to go down to two. Uh, also, Pat Connaughton said the same thing. Look, you, you come out with, with a craptastic start. You find yourself all of a sudden down 25. You're just getting the hell beat out of you. It's, it's hard to overcome that. You know, they made some shots. They made some tough shots. They made some, obviously, a lot of open shots. They did a great job of sharing the basketball, and I think they came out with intensity, you know, as we expected. But they did it at a high level, and they especially did it at a high level at the beginning of that game. And, you know, it was tough to climb back into it from there. And in addition to that, uh, the measure of a man is how they respond to adversity. You know, that's, I would say, the measure of a man in general. There's going to be adversity in life. There's going to be adversity in the sport. Um, but I think we got a lot of great guys on this team that when you talk about having a mentality of coming together when adversity hits and making sure that we not just get through it, but we get through it stronger, that's what we'll try to focus our efforts on over the next few days. And then he also said, look, they know what they need to do. Uh, coming into game three here in Milwaukee, coming to the Fiserv Forum, that, uh, that afternoon the game uh, coming up on Saturday, they know what they need to do to respond. We try to come in and win every game, right? You know, we want to try to find ways to win each and every single game. Uh, we weren't able to do that tonight, but it's a series. It's a seven-game series for a reason, right? Now it's a best-of-five game series, uh, and, you know, we're fortunate to have uh, two games at home coming up. So how do we respond? Uh, I think it's even less about respond where we respond. It's more about how we respond. And then Giannis, Giannis said, look, this is what basketball is. You know, you got to give and take and and these types of games. You know, Giannis looks at it somewhat refreshingly like, "Eh, no big deal, but this is what basketball is all about. You know, this is what basketball is about. You know, you're going to make shots, you're going to miss shots. Being human is about feeling emotions. Sometimes you're going to be frustrated, sometimes you're going to be happy. But at the end of the day, like you play basketball to make the right plays, make good decisions, find your teammates, make plays. That's that's why you play basketball. But at the end of the day, like I don't, you know, kind of, sit down and play that I'm frustrated. I just keep, you know, chipping away, keep finding solutions for my for myself, my teammates. Uh, and I don't remember the play that you're talking about. And then Drew Holiday, as uh, we said a little bit earlier, look, don't, don't read. Just like the win, the first opening win, don't make more of the loss than it was. Uh, I don't think so. I think we're pretty consistent. I think we're pretty consistent uh, emotionally. Um, for the most part, <clears throat> especially everything we went through last year and, and being able to kind of read and carry through those situations. Um, I think that even though this is a loss, we, we also know that we're going back home and we're playing in front of our crowd. So uh, emotionally, I think we're, we're pretty good. 
So see what happens. There you go. That's coming out of the Bucks, uh, cl- you know, locker room from last night, uh, doing the, some of the post game stuff. Hey, when you buy more, you save more, and when you just add a patio door, it's that simple. That's all you got to do. Our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin reminding you, you can get yourself a, a patio door, an entry door system. You can get yourself additional windows. They are your hometown team. Home being H O M E, like a home improvement, uh, year round. That's right, year-round. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin in the dead of winter, in the heat of summer, everything in between, like right now here in spring. Pella of Wisconsin, they're the team to call for energy-efficient, made beautiful. That's right. Other people out there, we all know that, and there's some other ones that are going through some real trying times right now because of some of the customer service. Yeah, they sell a couple of lines of windows. Others sell a couple of lines. Pella, they sell six. Two vinyl types, an impervia type, three different wood types, Luxurious, traditional, contemporary. Oh, yeah, they got it all. Right now, on top of the financing fit any to fit any budget, you can choose up to 2500 bucks off if you get an installed patio door and up to $3,000 off for an installed entry door. Don't put it off any longer. With all these good prices and such going on right now and financing opportunities and the price of materials rising across the country, don't let this slip away. Call right now for your free. F-R-E-E, free consultation. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. And see for yourself what I've been preaching about for so long. Just good people over there. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. How are we looking? Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Hey, if you're going to be uh, heading to or from uh, the Brewers game tonight, uh, maybe stop over and see our friends over at the Wrestling Taco. Wrestling Taco right there in West Dallas, just south uh, on 84th Street, just south of the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Stop over and uh, grab a bite to eat. Or maybe just if you're not going to the game, go there, sit in one of the uh, theater seats that they have right there in front of the big screen. Grab yourself a margarita and a couple of tacos. You're good to go. Watch the game right there. That's our friends at the Wrestling Taco in West Dallas. Good stuff. Um, talking some Brewers baseball here momentarily. Um, Darren says most of the AAA guys right now are cast-offs or they're older. Uh, the key prospects are still in A-ball or double-A-ball. And if you go to double-A-Biloxi and start to look, uh, yeah, there's some guys that are down there that uh, have been recently drafted. They've still got uh, some high hopes for the uh, the lefty uh, that is uh, plays the outfield, Sal Freelick. He's a guy, 22 years old, drafted last year, uh, and they picked him up, and he's got some decent rankings. Uh, You've got Joey uh, Weimer, another one that's down there right now. Uh, You you still have guys that are down there uh, when it comes to pitching that uh, they've got some high hopes for uh, that rank relatively high. Uh, Matt Hardy's another one. He was non-drafted, but they have him down there. Um, that they like, although he's not really highly ranked. He's just got a little bit of numbers behind him. Um, the other one, uh, Victor uh, Castaneda, Castaneda, he's one that's somewhat high thought of. There's high A Wisconsin. 
That's another one. But when you start to look at the ranks, I mean, really, uh, T.J. Shook, who they picked up in the uh, t- June, uh, July 20th draft, he was a non-drafted free agent, he's got a decent rank. they got some high thoughts on him. Um, but, yeah, there's not a – when you look at the, the, the baseball ranking system, the MLBPA ranking system, they don't have a lot of top five, top ten guys in the system. They just don't. Not right now they don't. So that's one of the reasons when you look at homegrown talent, some of these guys, they're going to need to get free agents. Some of these guys are going to need to grow. Some of these guys are needing to be cultivated. So we'll see. Ethan Small is a starting pitcher who they like. He's a lefty, drafted a couple of years ago. You know, he's right now in the uh, in the AAA ranks. They like him coming out of Nashville. He's another guy you could kind of look at eventually. But... Uh, but yeah, they they got quite a few guys right now that just there's nothing down there that's just kind of setting the world on fire. Uh 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Um by the way, Pro Football Focus came out with the uh, the 2022 NFL draft rookies who landed in the ideal situation at every position. Um not anywhere are they listing the Green Bay Packers. They're not uh, not kind of going through that. When you talk about the NFL draft and some of the biggest winners as they go through, uh, they feel the Eagles, the Jets, the Falcons, the Ravens, Kansas City, Carolina, all made big jumps, uh, those teams. Everybody else, they fortified needs. They fortified needs is what they did. That's, that's kind of the, the thought process right now. For the Packers, um, they they did what they needed to do, and they think that this class of uh, of defenders coming in are going to make this defense a lot better. And one of the biggest stories, I guess, that's I, I saw it on the Four Letter Network as well, is convincing Aaron Rodgers you win with defense, you win with defense. So to be able to say, you know, hey, look, we didn't go out and we didn't spend a ton of money. We didn't go out and put a ton of uh, – uh, now, not to say they didn't put effort into trying to find some of these guys, some of these guys that were going to be better, um, that were going to make the Green Bay Packers better. Um, but defensively speaking, the, the, everybody likes what they did uh, defensively. But offensively, you got to convince Aaron Rodgers, is this going to be the most beneficial way to go? You're going to have to learn to become – uh, more astute <laughs> and more on the same page with some of the young guys. It's going to be more on you than it is on them. They're going to have to work hard, but you're going to have to come down off the pedestal and you're going to have to say, okay, look, I'm here. Let's do this. Let's get this thing done. Uh, by the way, the fourth best defensive choice for fit picked um, was Quay Walker. The linebacker, they said, unlike defensive backs, linebackers have plenty of opportunity to rack up the counting numbers that the, the voters flock to. Walker will have to split those with the all-pro linebacker, Devondre Campbell, but he should still have a significant role in what projects as one of the better defenses in the NFL. Walker checks all the measurable boxes that teams are looking for in an NFL linebacker. Six foot four, 242 pounds, five, four, five speed. 
in a 40, uh, change of direction, the ability of a 6.89 in the three-cone challenge. He's also one of the best tacklers in the class, an area where the uh, recent rookie disappointments at that position have really struggled. His combination of length, athleticism, and the clean medical sheet is why he went two rounds higher than his teammate, N'Kobe Dean, did despite not having close to the same production profile in his college career. The opportunity is going to be there for him to make an impact on a defense that already has stars at all three levels. That should push him towards the top of the defensive rookie class. So some high praise for Quay Walker in that choice. And go back to the year that Dom Capers went to Ted Thompson, and Ted Thompson said, Dom, what do you need for to, to build a championship defense? Dom said, I need a center. I need a nose, a guy over the center. I need a guy that can bust up the nose tackle area, okay? I also need a good linebacker. I need one edge rusher, give me one good corner, and one good safety, and I'll get the job done. Up the gut. It's kind of like playing center field, you know, in baseball. You need a catcher. You need your battery, okay? Then you need your two guys at your positions up the gut. Shortstop, second base, and a good center fielder that can cover ground. You get those positions solidified, you got a pretty good team. Then you just fill in the pieces. Same thing with defense for, a, for an NFL team. He ended up having B.J. Raji, Ryan Pickett. Then he had the best year ever out of A.J. Hawk. He had a good edge rusher in Clay Matthews, defensive player of the year at corner in, in Charles Woodson. He had an up-and-comer who should have been a Hall of Famer, had his career not been cut short um, by the injury. Um, you know, I mean – um, th- that defense was incredibly, incredibly solid. Nick Collins was on his way to a Hall of Fame career. And then you had quality backups. And you kind of piecemealed the rest of it around them. That's what you have now. You got a good center in Kenny Clark, a good up-the-gut in Devondre Campbell. Preston Smith on the outside, you couple that with Rashawn Gary. Now you've added bigger defensive line help. You're even better in the trenches. You got what should be an all-pro in Jair Alexander. And then you've got the stabilizing factors back there in Darnell Savage Jr. and Adrian Amos. You have a really good defense. you got some stars right there. So a lot of people really excited about the defense. Now it's convincing Aaron Rodgers that the defense, which you hope becomes opportunistic along the way, not only a better you know score against defense, but the fact that they can maybe get some turnovers, give the ball back numerous times to the offense to give them more possessions, more opportunities, that you can make him believe that defense is going to win you a championship. What you have to do is go out and make the young guys around you better and we've put together a pretty good offensive line that we believe can protect you. So take the weapons you have, make them better. Maybe they'll add one more guy beyond Sammy Watkins. We'll see. Because really that's all they have left. If you can add one more wide receiver to this mix, unless that or a tight end, that's a true big-time tight end pass catcher, which I don't think anything's available. Unless you find another wide receiver, you're still a pretty stout team. And you got better in special teams just because through osmosis. So... Uh, some pretty high praise coming out for Quay Walker through Pro Football Focus in the ranking system. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. Bill Michael Show. Enjoying the day, this sunny, shiny day. I'm going to get outside after the show, do a little pedal biking around, and uh, get out and, and just kind of enjoy <laughs> enjoy it while you can because you never know when it's going to be gone. 
Uh, and then after that, uh, going to get back in and get some work done. But uh, today, looking forward to it. Uh, eight seven, and plus, I want to get home. I want to watch a Brewers game. And tonight, uh, Maddie, I don't know. Maddie uh, hits me up over on uh, the Facebook fan page. Says you're going to be outside at the Tiki Bar tonight watching the game. Are going to be inside? I, that's a great question. I don't know. Tonight certainly seems and feels like a grill out night. I think it's a little bit warmer out there than maybe what they expected it to be. I don't know. I haven't been outside. Um, I'll feel it when I get outside a little bit later, but, uh, tonight might be a, a grill out night, a couple of brats, nothing crazy. You know, it's not like a big steak night or anything like that. Take it easy. So, but I'm um, looking forward to it just to get outside and move around, breathe some air and not have it raining in your face and cold and windy. And thank God the winds have died down, right? We were just like encased in constant you know, it felt like we were, with the rain and the wind, it felt like we were sitting on the shores in Scotland at the Open Championship. Oh, I'm playing golf today. It better have Are you really? Down. I was going to ask you that, if you once, if you had any uh, golf, uh, you know, time coming up. Where are you playing at? Nah, I just get out at a, at a local course, walk nine. Nothing major. Okay. That's a, it's kind of one day a week I try to go out and do it. So have you have you done it one day a week or is this the first time out or second time out? No, this is the second, second or third. We've gone out because okay. there have been some Saturdays that have been really nice. I feel like then when the weeks have started, it started to either rain, snow, or be cold. Yeah, I have not gotten out during the week. I and I or, or the weekend, I should say. Uh, the week I get crazy busy. The weekend we just have had so much going on. But I I want to get out. Today might even be that day that if I get a little grilling done. And I don't want to sit around the house. Maybe I'll head down to a storms or something like that and start driving some balls outside just to kind of see how my swing is. We'll, I love once once the summer summer hits, I love going out, maybe getting out at five o'clock and then putting whatever baseball game in the headphones and listening on right. radio. You kind of kill both yep. birds with the same stone. Um, that I agree. Now, here's the question. How do you what, what game do you get? Do you get it on like Sirius or something or how, how do you get it? Because you can't just go to the apps anymore or go to the uh, to the, the the flagship stations aren't allowed to air the games on their streaming. No, I have the MOB.com app and I pay okay, for MOB okay. TV as well. So that comes with the audio. But you can't get the Brewers. I can on that app. Yeah. On the app. Oh, mm -hmm. OK. Well, maybe I have to go in that direction. Now that's to listen to it, not to watch it. Correct. Uh, Correct. You cannot watch it on that. Yeah. But it's owned by that's... MOB. So they air all of them. OK. Well, maybe I'll have to go in that direction then. I still get, I get uh, Sirius XM on my phone too. So I think I can get, and I paid for the, whatever the hell the top thing is. So I think I should be able, should be able to get the, uh, to get the game on that, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Yeah, I'll it's like check. 15 bucks a year, which I will always willingly Is that pay. all it is? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll have to do that anyway. I'll pay five years in advance for that. <laughs> Not a bad way to go. But, yeah, no, I agree. I If you can get out on the golf course and still hear the game and all that kind of stuff, that's fantastic. 877-867-1670, uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to hang out with us for another hour, we got it coming up, so stay tuned for that. Uh, just We'll continue to rehash some Brewers stuff. Brewers coming up tonight, by the way. They're taking on the Cincinnati Reds. Game two of this three-game series coming up a little bit later on this evening, 640 again, first pitch for the Brewers and the Reds. Coming up tonight, you got uh, Freddie Peralta on the hill against Vladimir Gutierrez this evening. Against Vladimir Gutierrez. Hey, a uh, little piece of side note tonight, um, just in case you're uh, paying attention to some of the things NBA. Uh, Darvin Ham right now 
the odds-on favorite to become the next Lakers head coach. Think about that. Darvin Ham. Uh, we've got all kinds of Milwaukee connections because right behind him is Terry Stotts, the former assistant head coach at George Carl when he was here. Doc Rivers, if he gets canned. Hopefully. Doc Rivers from the Marquette area could become the next guy after that. Got all kinds of connections back into this area. Sam Cassell is on this list. Sam Cassell. Then they've got LeBron James and Phil Jackson. <laughs> Love it. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.